Today, we are closing this series, Church That Heals. And I wanna emphasize a couple of things before we watch this last video by Henry Cloud, look at a couple of scriptures and then move on. And that is that we, Cypress Creek Church, want to be a church that hurting people run towards and not from. Amen? We want to be a church where you can come as you are, whether you're wearing a coat, jacket, boy, everyone said you sure look nice today. I thought I kind of look nice every day, but if, if you're wondering why is Jose wearing a suit jacket, well, my grandma's watching online, so I want to make Abuelita proud, and my five-year-old daughter thinks I look real handsome in a sports coat, and I'm also doing a wedding after this service. So, But it doesn't matter if you're wearing a suit coat or shorts. We want to be a church that welcomes everyone as they are. Come in and experience what it is like to worship a God that meets us where we're at and then graces us beyond comparison and transforms us. That is so key. He changes us as he heals us inside out. So we looked at grace Truth and time, first week, if you remember that. The three keys to uh, this whole healing process. It takes grace, it takes truth, and then we gotta give it time. We looked at the parable of the fig tree, and then the second thing is we looked at relational connection. We need one another, and in order to connect relationally, we need to be vulnerable. Everybody say vulnerable. Some of us are better at that than others. And then we looked at the third, which is we need to create healthy boundaries. Third week, we looked at healthy boundaries boundaries, what it looks like, taking responsibility of what we can control. Again, some of us are better at that than others. And then we looked at processing pain. And we looked at what it means to be a safe place for us to, to process pain with one another, create a safe, supportive environment so that we can do that as the body of Christ. And this week, we're going to be looking at how to become, as Dr. Henry Cloud puts it, an adult. And what I call that is secure in Christ by knowing who we are and whose we are. But before we go to the video, I want to ask you this question. Do you want to get healed? Do you want to get better? It's only a question that we can answer. We can come to church. We can watch awesome sermons from our favorite preachers or go to conferences or do all of this stuff. But if we are not willing to get better, it's not going to happen. And so as we close, we're not closing healing. We're going to continue to process what it means to get better. And we need to ask ourselves that question that Jesus asked the man who is an invalid in John chapter 5. Do you want to get healed? And as we answer that question on a daily basis, my prayer is that we would see his work happen in our hearts and change us from the inside out. So we're going to look at becoming an adult. We're going to look at a few scriptures after that, and then we will close. So let's roll the clip. Okay, guys, so we talked about three big issues, bonding and boundaries and putting the good and bad together. And now we're going to talk about this last one, and that's the problem of how a human gets to be a fully functioning adult. How do you become an adult? Because you know what? You are one, and you're living an adult life, but the problem is sometimes we still haven't really attained our adulthood because every human starts out a little person in a big person's world, and you got this, you know, this 
this inferior, smaller, you don't know where the food is, the authority figures, the parental authorities, they have all the expertise. That's actually what authority means. It means expert. So what happens is these experts, they start out, and this little baby grows up, and then they start delegating expertise to that little kid as they develop skills. Well, the first one is, finally, you develop the skills to you know, put the food in your mouth. So now mom and dad, they sit you in a chair and say, you feed yourself. Well, you've grown up a little bit. And then you learn how to pick your own friends because you're getting better at that. Johnny pokes me with a stick and Billy gives me a popsicle. I think I'll go play with Billy. Good job. You know, now you can pick your own friends. Right about here, you go through this overthrow of the government <laughs> that we call adolescence, where you're taking back and fighting out those adolescent battles of now you're going to, at 18 or 22 or some age right there in California, I think it's 47, you actually become an adult, and you're an equal to other adults. Some people grow up under authorities that injure their expertise. They make them believe, you don't have any talents. I gotta think for you. I want your opinion, I'll tell it to you. And so, just like Galatians 4 describes, it says, when we were children, we were under guardians and managers, meaning parents, until the date set by the father, called the bar mitzvah, or the bat mitzvah, where now they say, you are an adult. Jesus put it this way. He said, don't come, because the Pharisees tried to lord over their authority on everybody, right? And he said to the people, he said, look, we're talking about the Pharisees, don't call anyone on earth your leader, your rabbi, your teacher, because you are all brothers. Because really there's only, now that you're an adult, there's no more parents in your life other than your biological parents that you honor, but you don't, you don't obey them anymore. See, now you're your own parent, so to speak. You're your guardian. You're your manager. Now, that doesn't do away with authorities in our life. You know, as an adult, you sign up. You sign a contract with another authority called a boss, but you're an equal person. And you agree to submit to that boss in that role, but you're an equal person. So you respect your opinions as much as you respect theirs. You have the freedom to think for yourself. You have your own area of talents and all of that. You don't feel inferior as a person, but you have a role that you submit to. Okay, so having said that, I talked about some problems, right? What do you get put down by authority figures? What if you're criticized? What if you're never equipped? What if you're never taught? What if you're never you know, given opportunities to go learn? Well, you never really grow up psychologically or emotionally. So then what happens? I come into adult relationships. Well, you walk around feeling like a kid in an adult's body with adult requirements. Man, is that depressing. Inferiority complexes, guilt, anxiety. What if every time I give a presentation, I'm afraid of everybody's opinion? Because now, instead of feedback, I take it as judgment. You know, the Bible says the fear of man is a snare. Jesus said, beware if everybody likes you. If everybody approves of you, that means you're not upsetting anybody by your opinions. It means you have to be three or four people and duplicitous. And we can't live up trying to be people pleasers. And being a people pleaser from a child position is a host of all sorts of emotional problems. 
Anxiety, depression, addictions, fear, relational problems, power struggles, competition, comparisons. And I get the question, you know, how do I get self-confident? I need more self-confidence. And they're looking for a formula to be self-confident. Well, let me give you the formula for self-confidence. It's called competency. That's how it works. I can't be incompetent and expect myself to feel like an equal to competent people. So this is a lot of growing up, so skills development. How many of you just walked across the room today? Okay, most of you did. When you took a step where you feel like, am I doing good enough? Am I just, did they approve? Am I walking right? This, that, and the other? No. Can I make it across? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. It seems risky. No, you didn't. Because you've been walking long enough, you're competent to walk across the room, so you walk across the room. How, did, how does somebody become a competent surgeon? They start out as a student, and they practice, and they develop skills, and they practice, they go through residency, and one day they're sitting at the table, and they're teaching others to come up. So a big part of this is the work we need to do to own your talents, and you got to disagree with some parents some, along the way. One of them might want you to be a musician. You say, you know what, I'm not a musician. One of them might want you to be an athlete. Say, that's, that's not what my talents are. And the freedom to differentiate and find God's will for you. You know, Romans 12, the only passage, one of the only ones, if, if there's many more, I don't know about them. It's the only one that says that how to find the will of God. You know what it says? It says, start by giving yourself to him, Romans 12, and you have your mind fixed. You have your mind transformed. And then it says, you get this stuff out of your head, and then you'll be able to discern the perfect will of God and where it goes right after that. Read the next handful of verses. It says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Don't think you ought to be an expert when you're not because you're going to be subject to judgment. But it says, take your gift, whatever it is, and start to use it with the amount of faith you have to use it. And gradually it grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And then there you are. It's a process. So I'm going to challenge you a lot on this one. I'm going to challenge you because attaining adulthood is not something that somebody can give to you. It's something that somebody recognizes, like the date set by the father. I recognize you, son or daughter. Now you are one of us. But you've proven that by developing your skills and talents and abilities and all of that stuff. So you got to start to disagree maybe with some authority figures, you know. I don't mean you don't submit to your boss, but you have an opinion. See, when we begin to work on these issues of becoming an adult, having our own opinions, your own talents, your body's going to grow up. It's going to become less depressed. It's going to, a lot of stuff is going to happen. Because all, all, these, all these personal issues, you should have the right to decide those. Romans 13 and 14 says, whatever you disagree about, about all these areas of life with people that aren't pure doctrine, it says, have your own opinion. It says, shut up and don't tell anybody. You shouldn't tell somebody else how to live. So I want you to begin to look at the questions in the book, begin to think about your own talents, taking risks, having some failures, having some opinions, stop treating people like gods that they're not, grow up, and then you're going to see incredible changes that heal in a lot of areas. does a great job talking about this whole thing of growing up or, or becoming mature. And I think that really the essence of this, again, is being secure 
in Christ. Because when we are secure in who we are in Jesus, then we know who we are and we know whose we are. He talked about competence and, and trying different things out and going ahead and, 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 and figuring that as you go and, and taking risks and, and saying no to, to authority figures to express your opinions and, and, and coming out. All of those things are really good. And I think the key again is, do we know who we are in Christ? Do we know how he has created us specifically, uniquely to bring glory to him by exercising the gifts that he's given us to help this body work together for good? Do we know who we are in him as his children? So I wanna look at those two things and then I wanna wrap up with, with some cool stats that I found about this whole thing of healing. So let's look at first who we are. Who are we? I remember whenever I was in college and I took my first spiritual gift exam, I thought I was so, I was so excited about finding out what these gifts were in me. And I think I figured some of those things out. I talked to some people and they're like, yeah, you have that. Yeah, that's good. But then what I found myself doing, remember where I was in the cafeteria at Texas State, I think it was the den. And, and, and immediately we started comparing well, that's not really you, that's more her, or that's really not. And, and, and it's so human of us when we're together to try to one up or try to look up or look down at others. And all of a sudden, this incredible spiritual experience was kind of diluted by this sense of competition. And we do that, don't we? Some of us may look up to somebody and think that we'll never be like that one person. That's not who we are in Jesus, but we are intimidated or we don't think we have what it takes to be like that one person. Or others of us look down on people. Some of us look down on, on those that eat pita and hummus. There's nothing wrong with eating pita and hummus. And if that's you, then know that those chips and salsa people, there has more calories than, than pita and hummus. But we look down on people we look down on people because we want to feel better about ourselves. When we're doing that, we're not secure in who we are. We're trying to act upon a title that we have somehow gained by our own work or our own accolades. And when we're in Jesus, the only accolade that we can claim is what he has done for us. So let's look at this Romans 12 passage. It's one of my favorites. It, he, he was right. It talks about this renewing of, of your mind and, and then we will know what God's will is for us. It's pleasing, perfect, and, and, and good will. And then he goes on in verse three, he says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Think of yourself with Humility. Think of yourself with clarity. In accordance to the faith, with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. 
If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. What we have here are different spiritual gifts that God has given each of us individually. And if you're wondering which one you have, check Romans 12 here out. Check 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4. Those are the four chapters that tell us what these spiritual gifts are, but they all say that the reason why he's given us spiritual gifts is so that we can prove how much better we are to others. No, it's, it's so that we can see how we, all, although different, come together. And when we do, then we build up the body of Christ. My favorite illustration to show this is, is with music and with notes because I'm wired that way. And, and so let's, let's look at the piano. There's seven notes in a scale. And whenever you hear a song, you got one, two. Oh, can I get a little volume here, Alex, please? Nope. Boom, made it work. Fancy piano already. Here we go. One note, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. So in Romans, we actually see that there's seven gifts there and we all have one or, or maybe one major one and, and one minor one. But the bottom line is some gifts play different parts in a song. So this right here, this is the one. And the one in every um, musical song is the, the most important one. It's when you, where you start and where you end. In the two, the two's a little weird. The two's not used as much as, as the one. You he, see how it, it like resonates a little bit? Not, not really good. The three now, the three's really nice. Check it out. If you're a three, this is not Enneagram stuff, by the way. We're talking about the real spiritual gift stuff. But say three is serving. Serving's good for all sorts of stuff. Ooh. Nice, complimentary. Okay, here we go, four. Still not the same. Uh, five. Yeah, this one, this one's good. I'm getting two more. Here we go, I'm getting somewhere. Six. And this is the one. You may be this one, and if so, hang in there with me, because this is the one that is most dissonant, which means more than likely you feel less than. Here's why. The issue is when we look up to the one, for example, if you're the seven, meaning if you're here, always in, always in, always have a, a, a spotlight in the song, but you're here, you're like, I don't have a place. I don't know where I go. I look at everybody else and fear less than. The bottom line is that we as a body need to be secure in who we are. And when we find out what these spiritual gifts God has given us, there's a place for all of them. But we just need to know what part of this song we play and hear. Sometimes the seven, that's the seven right there, is really close to the grand finale. So here's what I want us to do. 
I want us to ask, if you don't already know, Lord, what spiritual gift have you given me? And here's a tool, if you want to use one, there's this assessment. We are really good at personality assessments and what Disney character am I in this movie and all that stuff. Well, there's a website. It's not it, but it's a great tool. It's a spiritual gifts assessment. And it's on the CCC guide as everything else is. So check out the CCC guide. Take the spiritual assessment, but do this also. Don't just take those results and say, I got it. Ask people that know you and that love you. Ask your community group leader. Talk about this in community and we'll start to see the body of Christ know who, who we are. And, and, and that's really important. But the most important is whose we are. Because if our identity is in our spiritual gift, we're still, we'll still come up short. We'll say, well, my spiritual gift is serving and I'm good for every occasion. I'm wanted all the time but if your spiritual gift is prophesying, you're not gonna be wanted all the time because you'll be speaking truth into difficult situations. And not always are we wanting to hear difficult things. Am I the only one? So we all have spiritual gifts and it all depends on the grace that God has given to these. We haven't earned these. They are thanks to his grace, but here is our identity. Our identity is not in our gifts. Our identity is in whose we are. Let's look at Galatians chapter four, three verses, starting in verse four. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to, excuse me, to sonship because you are his sons and daughters. God sent the spirit of his son, Jesus, into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Our identity is in the fact that we are sons and daughters of the Lord Most High. He has every right to say we are enemies because of our sin. He has every right to say you're a stranger to me. I do not know you. But when we are in Christ, not only does he call us friends, he calls us his sons and his daughters. And when we get that and when we live that we have security in Christ no matter what our job title no matter what our relationship with our boss or our coworker or our neighbor or even the person in the church that may want to one up or if we're looking down at some someone there's there's none of that cuz we're all brothers and sisters we're all brothers and sisters in Christ and and not only that but he has given us an inheritance and we inherit eternal life when we are his sons and daughters. I want to close with, with this. Because if we get this, if we get that we are his children, if we get that he gives his 
children, good gifts, so that the whole family can work properly together, so that we communicate, so that we can build each other up, so that we can serve our community, and ultimately so that we can glorify the name of Jesus in our community, so that they can see his body representing himself here on earth, and, 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 and seeing more and more people say, yeah, huh, that, looks, that church looks different. They're actually loving one another without any sort of condition. They're serving me just because. Well, we're not just serving you just because. We're serving you because we're responding to the grace of God. But when we do that, we, we look like this picture here. And this is what I have in my office. I uh, we went to Cologne. If you've ever been to Germany in, in the city called Cologne, there's the Köln Dome. I said that terribly. And, and it's a cathedral that is like got super gothic and super cool. And I saw this picture and I thought, man, this looks cool. Bunch of music and it makes a church. And then the more I saw it, the more I saw its significance. And when I got the nod to become your lead pastor, and when I told the overseers, when they asked me, what is your vision for Cypress Creek Church? And I can only come up with one thing that was at the core of my heart, which is I want Cypress Creek Church to be a healthy church. Not that we weren't a healthy church, but we continue to grow towards health that is inside out. This picture came to mind because when we are healthy and when we are secure in Christ, we do this. We all play a part, and that is a bunch of different instruments right here. It's an orchestra piece. And when we are all playing our part, we make a masterpiece. We sound beautiful. We look beautiful to the outside world that is so desperate to know their purpose, so desperate to know love, and so desperate to find significance in this crazy thing called life. And then they get to join this. And sometimes it, it takes a little bit of practice to get it right. And that's okay. We can mess up, right? There's grace. But the point is that we pursue Jesus. And pursuing Jesus means pursuing health. They're synonymous. I want to show these stats that, that talk about what the world, what the world says and, and how they deal with depression and anxiety and, and even suicidal thoughts and stuff. Check, check these things out. This is from the Honey Lake Clinic. Same kind of thing from the Henry Cloud uh, world. And it, this was a stat. I think this was pre-COVID, so it's not super recent. But within the past three months, they, they set out a poll. And, and amongst U.S. teens, that's the gray, 60% said they battled depression, 66 high anxiety, 35% suicidal thoughts, and 7% suicidal attempts. But look at the nominal Christians. These are people that just say they are Christians. They say they believe in God, but that's it. No church involvement. They don't read scripture. They don't pray. They don't read their Bibles. They're not engaged in the work. They're not, they're not secure in their identity of Christ. We got super close, 59%, 64%, 31%, and 6%. But look at the difference. Committed Christians. Again, these are people that, that confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that, that, that read the Word of God as if it was truly the Word of God written to you and me. And then they pray out of desperation. It's not a high bar. <laughs> this, when, when we recognize the need, this is us. 30%, 49%, 12%, and 1%. We're not perfect. But as we pursue 
health. What we're doing is we're pursuing Jesus. And when we pursue Jesus, we pursue health. So Cypress Creek Church, do you want to get well? Let's get well together as we process. This is a process. This is not an end game. As we process, let's do one thing. Let's do it together. Let's do it with one another. Let's do it in small groups. If you're not connected to a community group, please get connected to a community group. Don't do life alone. Go to Celebrate Recovery. We have encounter retreats that happen. We're planning a men's encounter, women's encounter. And these are awesome retreats, time that is set apart where we can go a little further, dig a little deeper and release more stuff to the Lord and watch healing happen, sometimes simultaneously. And other times it's just the beginning of our recovering process. So band, come back up. What I want to do is, is I want to pray. We're going to move on in the next three weeks. We're going to be talking about what it means to be a kingdom culture. In this crazy culture, we'll be looking at three different things. Our families, we'll be looking at our, our government. We'll be looking at the body of Christ and, and how the kingdom culture kind of speaks to each one of those. But as we, as we finish this series, I really want to encourage us all to continue the process wherever we are. Here's the goal. The goal is that we would be wounded, healed healers. We're all wounded. And then as we give our wounds up to God, he heals those. And he doesn't just stop there. He allows us to be his healing agent in the lives of others. The goal is for us to be wounded, healed healers from the womb to the tomb. So let's do that. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that in you, we are secure. We know who we are and, and who we belong to. We know who we are. And so God, I pray as we close out this series and, and move on, that, that healing may continue to happen here in this place and in community groups and, and in homes. God, I pray that we would continue to release things to you and, and continue to raise our hands and ask for help as, as your body, Father, we want to be whole. We want to be healed. We want to get better. I pray for every individual and every family unit in this place, Father, ask for your blessing to be over them. And Father, as, may we, as we go from this place, may we continue to be wounded, healed, healers. We thank you, Jesus, for the price that you paid on the cross that allow us to live in freedom. Even though we're in process, we have freedom when we are in you because we know that we are secure. Thanks to what you have done. I pray this in Jesus' name.